Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Earl Time Podcast. It's Earl Austin Jr. here, and we're back for number four here, talking basketball, as we always do around the state of Missouri, high school and college. And I hope you've enjoyed our first three podcasts. We kind of set you up for the season here. We, of course, we previewed uh, the small school boys, large school boys, and then in our last podcast, we previewed the girls' basketball teams and players from around the state. So with that in mind, like I said, we wanted to set you up for what's going to be an exciting exciting season of high school basketball around the state of Missouri. But now what we're going to do, we get to talk about some actual games and actual tournaments. That's what we're here to talk about. It's going to be a lot of fun. But before we do that, as always, I'd like to uh, say this, uh, our producer, I'd like to thank him, uh, a very talented young man, Richard Austin, my nephew. He goes by King Bling. If you follow him on your his YouTube channel, he does a great job. Give him a follow. He has a big, big uh, lot of subscribers to his channel and uh, go ahead and follow him. He does a wonderful job and he does a wonderful job of uh, making me sound presentable on the Earl Time podcast here. Of course, we're going to talk about what's going on around the state as far as games being played and uh, to set you up for the show here. We're going to start off with the girls and we're going to take you around to Rolla. We're going to take you to St. Louis. We're going to take you to Farmington, Verona. They all had big tournaments and shootouts. And then we're going to take you on to the boys side as well. And then we're going to take you around the state. We're going to take you to Washington, Missouri. We're going to take you back to Rolla. We're going to go south to Van Buren, Missouri. Uh, a little detour to Washington, Illinois, and a little Thanksgiving turkey in uh, St. Charles area, and then also in Irontown as well. We're going to visit those places. We're going to preview a big event coming up, the Norm Stewart Classic, which will be in Columbia. It's one of the biggest events in the state. And then we're going to have our college spotlight. We're going to talk with Jordan Olofsson. Of course, he's the head women's basketball coach at Webster University. Does a tremendous job with the Lady Gore locks and of course we'll recognize some outstanding athletes from the Missouri colleges and some in-state athletes who are doing well outside the state. So that's what we're going to do and today on the podcast and we're going to start it off with the girls coverage and I had an opportunity to while I was in South Carolina uh, you know, with the St. Louis U, I do the radio, of course, doing radio games. But I had a chance to, uh, in my hotel, a lot of downtime, I got a chance to watch the action from the Bluefish Shootout, which took place in Rolla, Missouri. They put together a two, nice two-day event, boys and girls action. Did a lot of teams from around that area, and uh, they do a good job putting it on. And we're going to start with some of the girls. And I'm going to give you some of the new names and teams, which I saw at the event. That's one thing we like to do, which each uh, episode we try to introduce you to some new names and new teams that haven't been mentioned before. And of course, we'll give you some of the ones that I've mentioned before as well. One of those new teams is Bunker, a class one team down south. And they have a young lady named Kenzie Barton, a five foot ten sophomore versatile guard. Does a lot of things for her team. She handles the ball. She can post up and she can shoot the ball, plays the top of their press and kind of a do-it-all player and just a sophomore. And Bunker was playing Crocker, a team close to Rolla. And Crocker has a, an outstanding young freshman who I was impressed with named Lexi Ament, a five foot seven guard who can really shoot the ball. She's a lefty. She shoots from deep. And she can also wiggle her way in the lane and uh, get those layups and uh, just has a good feel for the game and can pass the ball as well. And I believe she's already got a collegiate offer from Stevens College in Columbia, a good program before she even played in high school. So that's how uh, much they feel, feel about her, and she's got a good future. Another young lady, Pembroke Hill, her name is Holly Woods. She's a five foot four inch senior point guard. Now, I've been watching Holly do it for four years at Pembroke Hill. She's one of the best point guards in the state. You know, she's probably one of the smallest players, but that doesn't bother her at all. I saw her as a freshman school drop 30 points against University Academy in a district game as a freshman, and they won the game and she's kind of been doing that throughout her career. She's super quick, goes, changes direction. She can drop you off, hit a step back three, or she goes in the lane and scores against six-foot girls. It doesn't uh, matter to her, and Holly's been uh, doing a very good job throughout her career. Then the game I watched was Capital City out of uh, Jefferson City playing against Osage, and uh, Osage has some pretty good young players. They have a young lady named Lorelai Hunziker, a five-foot-nine sophomore who did a nice job. She was good length shoots the three and has a quick first step to the basket and they have a good freshman
freshman named Avery Sperling, very talented young lady. She also is pretty athletic and she can shoot the basketball and knows how to play as well. Capital City probably has a, has a real good senior uh, post player named Jada Anderson. She's about six feet tall. She's been starting for since her about sophomore year and she's a good rebounder. She gets out of her area well. She's a good athlete and can really score around that basket. Does a real good job. Big game was Union versus West Plains. Two pretty good teams. West Plains, of course, we talked about in the preview. They've been to the last three Final Fours, finishing uh, and winning the state championship two years ago. But Union did a great job. Uh, came up with a nice victory over West Plains. My man, Coach Brian Carvin, had his girls ready to play that game. And uh, the star of that game was a young lady named Ava Sykes, a junior, and she hit seven three-point shots. I mean, she just kept going and going. As Alisa Keys would say, that girl was on fire. Seven three-pointers. And I give their teammates credit. They did a great job of getting her the ball, knowing that she had the hot hand from long distance, and she kept delivering. Excellent job. Also, a young lady I really like. I mentioned her in the preview, Maya Miner, who's a five-foot-five senior, and she, she's a unique player because she's a quick point guard who can get in the lane, shoot on floaters and guard uh, from the guard position. But she plays the middle of the zone defense at 5'5". Five, five, so she's guarding post players, girls that are six feet and six one, holding her own because she plays with such toughness and such motor. And I enjoy players like that, just giving it all for the team. Owensville played Mexico. Uh, Owensville, a team I talked about, uh, they defeated Mexico. It was a tough game. Uh, they're led by the Daniel sisters. Emma is a guard, senior guard who just signed with Columbia College in mid-Missouri. That's a good pickup. And uh, her sister, Allison, she scored 22 points in that game in the victory. Mexico is a team out of mid-Missouri, one of those new teams I want to talk about. They have a nice combination of Jordan Thurman, a five foot six inch senior, and Claire Hudson, a five foot ten inch junior. Claire is a versatile wing player who does a good job inside, but she also plays outside. She really does a good job. She sees over the defense with her height and can really deliver the pass over the top. And she delivered some nice dimes doing that while Jordan can shoot it and does a nice job running things from the point guard position. We also watched a couple of uh, really good teams host Arala, who they played Pembroke Hill. They're a team that's exciting to watch because they full court press. They got a lot of good guards and they play fast and they got a a lot of girls who can really shoot the ball. Akela Kalkin, who's a transfer from Newburgh, a small school close to Raleigh. She had 22 points and was really shooting it well from three. And Willow Gideon, the 5'10 guard senior who's headed to Washburn, I believe she scored 19 points. And of course, she's one of the better shooters in the state. And in the last game, the first game, Tipton, class 2A state champions, they defeated Max Creek. A couple of good players I like on both teams. Ava Schlotzhauer, 5'10 forward, uh, Lefty Strong, she had 19 points. And on the other side, India Wills of uh, Max Creek had 20 points and about 10 rebounds, 5'9", and she just kind of plays all around. She's strong enough to post up, but she can take you outside and uh, put it on the floor and do business as well. Now we're going to go to Farmington, and that was the Amped Lifestyle Girls shootout. That was a, the same day. That was an eight-team shootout uh, at Farmington St. Paul High School, and uh, Justin Ford, the uh, boys coach, and uh, they do a great job. They put it on, and uh, some of the good players in that, Lutheran South defeated Hillsborough. Lutheran South has a nice player named Savannah Butterfield, who's the player of the game. She's a six-foot, kind of a guard forward, kind of filled the stat sheet. She shoot the ball well, but she was grabbing rebounds, handing out assists, playing good defense, and uh, just kind of doing it all, just really just stuff the stat sheet. What I liked about this particular event, because there was some very talented freshmen who really stood up in their first uh, opportunities to do it at the varsity level. One we've talked about, Deja Scott out of Principia. Uh, 6'2", young ladies already got Power 5 Division 1 offers. She had 19 points, 15 rebounds, and 7 assists in that game against Farmington, kind of doing it all. But three others in from around that, that uh, Parkland area who uh, did a nice job in this game, and in this event. One was from uh, Arcadia Valley. Her name was Braylon Turnbow. Uh, she's a freshman, and uh, she really stood out in the AV's victory over Herman. She had 22 points, but she had 10 steals. 10 steals. That's a lot. She's quick. 
fast, and she can really score from three levels as well. Very impressive young player. Another young player who was really doing a good job was uh, Datri McRaven out of uh, West County. Now, West County is a team which uh, made a Final Four run and did a nice job. And uh, she's joining the program, and she had 24 points, and she was really lighting it up from three-point range. St. Pius, out of a Festus, defeated North County, and they unveiled a nice freshman guard on their own in Carly Club. She's only she's a point guard, scored 12 points, but really played with a lot of energy and a lot of speed on both ends of the court, had a high impact in that game. So some very talented. This was a good class of 2027, a lot of good freshmen in the state, uh, as well talk about the class of 2026 is almost legendary. It's great in its talent, but the class of 2027, a lot of good players following up there, and those are four of them right there that we just talked about. The host school, Farmington, one of the, the host city, uh, Farmington, had a nice victory over uh, Principia, 50-48, to 48, and they were led by a guard named Bryn Johnson, who scored 19 points, and she was lighting it up from three-point range. She had several key ones in the fourth quarter. They were down by eight points and did a good job bringing them back. So that's good win for Farmington. They were a team that's been good the last three or four years, and they graduated a real strong senior class that won a lot of basketball games. So uh, a good win out of the gate for Farmington. And Park Hill Central, a team which uh, got to the Final Four last year and finished third, defeated Sykeston. They were led by senior Chloe Dishbein, 24 points, an excellent all-around player, and just a good all-around team with the the O'Connor Twins as well. Uh, so a good team looking to uh, make another more noise in Class 4 like they did last year. Now we're going to come back to St. Louis and we had a couple of big events there. The first one was at Vashon High School, the Vashon Holiday uh, Turkey Hoop Fest. And that was uh, four games and that featured some teams from St. Louis against teams from around the, the country. Uh, and, but in the headline game, uh, it was Vashon to host against University City. And University City came away with a very a nice victory, 11 points. And U-City is a team which is on to come up. They're coached by uh, Darren Brooks, who was one of the best basketball players in the state and a great player at SIU Carbondale. He played at Jennings High School. He's a Hall of Famer uh, from uh, SIU, and he's doing a nice job. Uh, they're 3-0 and already, and he, they've got some very good guards. They got one of the best sophomore point guards in the state in JL, JL Green. And her younger sister, Jace, joins the program, a versatile 5'10 guard who can play inside and out. And they have a senior guard named Iris Cunningham Peebles, who's their leading scorer. She's averaging 17 points a game, and uh, she's a bucket. So University City, a team uh, uh, that's kind of slowly built themselves into a potential power this year. And getting a win at Vashon to start the season is a, a strong statement for Coach Brooks's program. A couple of teams that played out of state locally, uh, it was uh, Pattonville defeated Millington, Tennessee, a uh, very solid win. Uh, a lot of balanced scoring. Uh, Zoe Newland, a 5'7 guard who can really uh, create offense, had 18 points. And Cody Gordon, uh, a junior, had 15 points. And then Lift for Life, who we also talked about, they defeated Peoria, Notre Dame, in a nice uh, nice victory. Uh, star this game, Paige Fowler, a 5'8 forward. And we talked about pound for pound, the best rebounder probably in the state. She had 14 points, but 17 rebounds. Wow. The young lady sniffs rebounds, gets out of her area. Just a lot of tenacity about how she does it. And before that, uh, two days before that, it was Lift for Life had a big victory over O'Fallon, Illinois, which won the Illinois Girls 4A Championship last year. A big victory to start the season for Lift for Life. Staying in St. Louis. It was uh, the St. Joe's Turkey Shootout, and that was four high-quality teams from uh, the area plus Columbia. You had John Burroughs, you had Columbia Rock Bridge, you had Host St. Joe's, and you had Eureka. Eureka was a Final Four team in Class 6 last year, as was St. Joseph's. John Burroughs was a Class 4A state champion two years ago in a quarterfinalist last year, and St. Joe's won 20 games last year, and they have a strong team. Probably the best team 
of the four th- based on the two games was John Burroughs. They defeated Rockbridge and Eureka very handily last year, last week. A couple of very solid wins for uh, the Bombers. Uh, just a good team, a lot of athletes. One young lady that really stood out is really getting better is Mariah Douglas. She was really strong in the game I watched against uh, Columbia Rockbridge. She's 6'4". She was blocking shots with her wingspan and timing, handling the basketball and moving and really uh, has really gotten better. She's one that it's just starting to scratch the surface of her potential. Uh, like you said, these are four teams uh, that are going to be a big factor once the uh, postseason play comes around in March. All of them have a lot of uh, uh, good players, good coaching, and uh, a lot of experience in big games. Moving to the southwest part of the state, we're going to talk about the Verona tip-off classic. These are small schools, and Marionville High School came away with the championship defeating Blue Eye, and Marionville was led by Lucy Newberry, the 5'10 guard. She was the MVP of the tournament. Uh, Lucy is a, has an all kinds of offensive skills about her and is a very good team player, makes her uh, all teammates better around her. They defeated Blue Eye in the championship game, and Blue Eye is a team that's had some success in recently at Class 2. They have a young lady named Kaylee Wilson, who scored 33 points in the championship game. She's tough. She was scoring on the drive, shooting jumpers, and uh, just did a nice job. And third place went to Jasper High School. And Jasper has one of the best athletes in the state. They have a young lady named Crystal Smith, who's a 5'10 junior. She's a, one of the best athletes. Not only she's an all-conference, all-state-level basketball player, but she's also an all-state volleyball player. And she's also a great track and field athlete who was a state champion in the hurdles. So she can go in a lot of different directions, whatever she wants to go into college, but she's just a junior, but she's just a terrific all-around athlete as well. So let's look at what's going on with the girls. When we return, we're going to have some boys action. We're going to take you around the state with some pre-Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving tournament action. But first, we're going to have a word from Prep Hoops and Prep Girls Hoops Missouri. Basketball season is upon us, and if you want the best statewide basketball coverage, check out our websites, Prep Hoops Missouri for the boys and Prep Girls Hoops Missouri for the girls. Whether it's in the big cities or the small towns, big school, small school, it does not matter. Our Prep Hoops websites will cover the action on a year-round basis, beginning with the preseason tournaments, holiday tournaments, big shootout events, and of course, the postseason tournaments. But it doesn't stop there. We cover our Show Me State standouts throughout the spring and summer grassroots events and into the fall. You know, if a kid's got game, Prep Hoops and Prep Girls Hoops Missouri has your name. Get your subscription today. And welcome back to the Earl Time Podcast. We're talking high school basketball. And of course, that Prep Hoops, Prep Girls Hoops, you know, while I'm talking it on the podcast, I'm writing it. And Prep Hoops and Prep Girls Hoops are a fantastic website. If you get a chance, we have a special discount as well. Uh, if you want to get on board the website to subscribe, go subscribe and uh, type in Earl Time 30, Earl Time 30 in your coupon code and get a special discount and get on board. Prep Hoops for the boys, Prep Girls Hoops for the girls in Missouri. Now we're going to talk the boys and we're going to return to Rolla High School and we're going to talk about the Bluefish uh, shootout. Once again, there was a number of boys games as well. And uh, one game in particular was Newburgh versus Herman and Newburgh came away with the victory. And Newburgh has a very impressive set of guards. I really enjoyed watching them play. They're both seniors. One's name is Colton Pound. He's about six feet tall, does an excellent job. He really passes the ball well, whether it's the pocket pass on the pick and roll, dropping the dime on the the fast break. Uh, He makes all the passes. He's just a slick ball handler who can also shoot the basketball as well. Very impressed with watching him play. And his backcourt partner, Dante Harris, is a senior, probably about six feet, six one as well. He can really shoot the ball. He, you know, he played off Colton well and was knocking down three-point shots. And he can also, a quick first step to the basket and beat defenders off the dribble as well. He was fun to watch as well. Two other teams, Herman played Bunker. Bunker's boys joined their girls' teams as well. Now, Bunker is a team coached by Hall of Famer Rod Gorman. He's been around the state, and he's a tremendous coach. And last four years, he had a young man named Cade Sutton, who scored over 
2,000 points and just had a tremendous career at Bunker. Well, Rod looks like he is another good one from what I've seen. He's a freshman point guard named Brennan Malloy. He's about 6'1", and I was very impressed by how smooth and poised he looked. Uh, just plays that doesn't get sped up, which is you know very good for a young point guard playing against you know varsity competition. He was shooting a three-point shot against the zone defense, but he can get to his spots, and he was also knocking down mid-range shots. So Brendan Malloy, very impressed with him. They're playing against a Herman team that has some good inside players that were uh, very effective. A name Coulter Schwartz, a 6'4 junior forward, a left-handed kid. Saw him first at the Arsenal Hoops Fall League, and I was impressed with him out of the Chesterfield. And uh, he's strong, has a nice spin move in the lane, and uh, and can really score around that basket with either hand. And down, and he's just a junior as his six six forward, his partner Dayton Hopkins. Dayton's got long length and athleticism, and he excels more as a rebounder. He blocks shots. He gets out of his area. He does a good job of uh, uh, running the court as well. So Herman has some pretty good uh, front court players to build around. Cuba is another team which I saw, and they look very good as well. They had a, a real good versatile six five kid named uh, Preston Heads. He's a junior. Uh, he plays on the perimeter most of the time. Uh, he can handle the ball. Uh, he can facilitate offense, but he could score when he has to. And, of course, he can go inside and rebound. And Jesse Elrod is a 6'1 junior guard who plays very aggressive, uh, really looked to attack the basket, hit a couple of three-point shots, but he was very good getting in the lane and uh, causing all problems with the defense. Uh, one game, a good matchup I enjoyed was a Rala the whole school taking on Capital City out of Jefferson City. As we talked about, Rolla has one of the top sophomores in the state, and Ethan Brown, a 6'4 guard, really uh, made his put his stamp on the game first as he started. He made a great three possessions. He made a good drive to the basket, got fouled, made two free throws. At the top of the press, he stole the ball, and then he had to, made two dribbles and dunked it. Very nice dunk, got the crowd going. And then on the next possession, he dropped in a three-pointer from about 30 feet. So right there, he put his personal stamp on the game as Rollo went on for a win. They got some good young players. Uh, Easton Smith is a 6'5 sophomore who was very good, hit some baseline jumpers, rebounded, played with a good motor. And John Papadakis, a six-foot junior guard, also played well. Capital City uh, has a nice senior in Aman Cassetti, a 6'3 senior guard who can really score. A uh, young man can hit the three-pointer, but he can also create his own shot, attack from the wing, and gets himself to the free throw line. He just has a knack for scoring and putting that ball in the basket. They also have a good point guard in Nehemiah Hamilton, a five foot ten, five eleven senior who's strong physically, plays low to the ground, can really get underneath you with defensive pressure and beat you off of dribble penetration. He was very impressive to watch. Watched him quite a bit with Columbia Supreme during the summer grassroots season, and uh, he's a very good one. Now around Thanksgiving time as well, one of the great traditions of Thanksgiving two days before, day before, is in St. Charles County, where rival schools, St. Charles and St. Charles West, play uh, their annual game. And it's a four, they call it a four-banger, because, you know, it's four, you know, it's JV boys, JV girls, varsity boys, girls, and varsity uh, boys. And it's a packed gym. Alums come from everywhere. It, it's a must-see. I haven't been in a, a while, but I've been to it, and it's just, it's packed by, when the JV games are playing, the gym is packed. And so it's a lot of fun, and it's a great high school basketball atmosphere for the holidays. Well, in this one, this one went right down to the wire, as you would expect with these two uh, city rivals. And St. Charles West came away with a, a four-point victory. And it was kind of a coming-out party for a, a young freshman guard named Carson Gerdeman, who scored 14 points to lead the Warriors and hit the big three-point shots down the stretch to kind of clinch the victory. And uh, it was a it was a very exciting, not only for Carson, but the the family as well. Of course, his father is Kyle Gerdeman, who's the head men's basketball coach at Lindenwood University. And I know he was very excited to, to see what Carson did. So it just shows that how the, the gravity of that particular rivalry. And as a freshman, he comes in and has a lifetime memory as well. So uh, congratulations. And I, said all, and I said on Twitter to him, welcome to the rivalry, son. A couple other places. Uh, we got two uh, very uh, tradition-rich basketball tournaments that start during Thanksgiving holiday season. One is the St. Francis Borgia Holiday Tournament, which takes place in Washington, Missouri. This is the 71st 
uh, renewal of this event. I always love going to Washington. The people are so hospitable and the basketball is good and then the big crowds and uh, it's 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 a fantastic place to go. If you've never been, you got to go. It's always a lot of fun. And uh, this year, St. Francis Borgia won the tournament again. Uh, they defeated Union in the championship game. And then uh, Principia took third place, defeating Jackson, who was a top seed. Probably the best game of the event was the, the semifinal game. It was between host Borgia and Principia. It was tied with four minutes to go, and Borgia made some big plays down the stretch. And they were led by their senior, Adam Rickman, who had 19 points, 15 rebounds, and just did a great job. He hit four threes and just did a nice job spreading the ball around to his teammates. He really makes everybody better. But they got they got production from a lot of different players. You know, uh, Brody Denbo had a big shot at the end of the third quarter of floater. Harry Mitchell, a 6'4 forward, had some big baskets inside. Uh, take Mark Hort, Nathan Kell. I mean, guys, all of them just contributed around their star player, Adam Rickman. Principia is a young team that's on to come. They were right there, but they two guys are really impressed. I think they're going to have nice futures. Ronald Henry, a six foot seven sophomore, and Ben Acaro, a six six uh, sophomore forward, uh, had moments as well in both of those games. I think you're going to hear a lot from them, as you will from Jalen Edwards, who is their leading scorer. One of those new teams to, to look at is Union. Union had a very impressive victory over Jackson, who was the number one seed in the tournament. And they're led by Kieran Wars, a very underrated player. He's 6'4", averaged, had about 13 points in that semifinal game. But he plays good defense. He blocks shots, handles the ball, just kind of plays all over the court, just plays a very solid all-around game. And he's a good athlete as well and very impressed, all, impressive all-around game. The top scorer for Union in that game, and if you're from St. Louis, you're going to love this name. His name is Ozzie Smith. Absolutely. And Ozzy was on fire this game. He had 24 points. He really got Union going in the first quarter. He had four threes and scored 14 points. So the, the Wizard was cooking that game. He was very good. And it was a big win for Union to get to the finals to beat a top-seeded Jackson team. Albeit Jackson was without their star player, Blaine Harris, the 6'4 All-State kid who was uh, injured in the football. He's also a football standout. He was hurt in the state uh, quarterfinal loss to CBC, so they expect him to be back oh, in a couple of months as well. And if he will, then Jackson should be back to being one of the best teams in the SEMO area. One other young man from that tournament, Aiden Kleinheider. He's a 6'4 senior guard from Washington High School. He's probably the most impressive athlete at the tournament. He's a dynamic, explosive leaper. Uh, he threw down one dunk. He caught an offensive rebound under the basket and then just jumped up and just threw down the dunk. Boom. And everybody was like, ooh, yeah. I was right in front of me. Got it on tape. It was nice. Uh, they played Pacific in the consolation game, and that came down to a last-second shot. And it was a very exciting game as well. Washington won by one point and kind of set the table for the semifinals as well. Another long tradition tournament uh, I got a look at was the Arcadia Valley Tournament, which takes place down in Ironton and South Iron defeated West County to win the championship. South Iron, just a dominant powerhouse program, which we talked about, uh, and they defeated. West County stayed with them for about a half, kind of slowed the pace down, but South Iron able to pull away. They were led by 6'3", Marquise Burst, who scored 15 points. West County is a team which won a district title last year. They were led by a young man named Levi Hale, a 6'5", junior forward, who was uh, who led them in scoring. Very solid player. He had a game-winning shot last year in the district game too that I remember very well. In the third place game, it was the host, Arcadia Valley. They defeated Ellington and they were led by their Douglas brothers, Gavin and Gage. Both are guards. Gavin had 22 points and he had five three-pointers and Gage had a couple of three-pointers as well. So a very good showing by the host school making third place in their own Thanksgiving tournament, which has been around for 97 years. So in a couple of years, the Arcadia Valley tournament will be celebrating its 100 anniversary so that's going to be a very special uh special weekend and they played a championship on thanksgiving uh day as well so uh fantastic uh, showing by uh folks at arcadia valley and south iron gonna go a little bit further south now and talk about the current river challenge which was taking place in uh van buren missouri and i had an opportunity to watch all about six seven games on that on um, via 
uh, Dogpack Media. They do a good job. Caleb Napier, shout out to him for putting on the games and broadcasting and to that area. And the event is presented by Big Three Athletics as well, who they do a great job of uh, putting on great events like this as well, not only in the best during the season, but during the summer. I attended one in a summer event in at East Carter in Ellisonor, Missouri during the June. So shout out to Big Free Athletics as well. A uh, team that really jumped out of the screen was Woodland. I believe they're the Cardinals. They get up and down the court. They scored 100 points against St. Pius. This game just kept going. 101 to 89 was the score. And Woodland, they can run, they can press, but they can shoot the ball and they move it pretty well. They had a sophomore named Corbin Kinder who was scored 28. And he was knocking down threes and floaters and really impressed me with his offensive flow. And they had a young man named Senior named Braden Hastings, who kind of was the straw that stared the drink. He scored buckets himself, but he was kind of pushing the pace and setting his teammates up as well. St. Pius out of Festus had a strong kid inside named Josh Whitman. He had 20 rebounds and he had 28 points, but those 20 rebounds, that that stands out to me. I like that. That was good as well. Uh, another game which featured two real good players, Greenville and Bakersville. Uh, Greenville, of course, uh, one of the top class two teams in that area. They were led by Easton Evans, who scored 24 points. We've talked about him. He's a good all-around player. And they defeated a good Bakersfield team led by Ethan Cotter, the 5'7 guard, who can shoot it from everywhere. And off the dribble, he had 24 in the game. Van Buren, the host, uh, had a nice win over Clarkton. And they have a very good junior named Elijah Van Wagner. He scored 25 points. Elijah's high-energy guard who was attacking in the basket, good in transition, even knocked down a three-point shot. And Holden Hills, a, a muscular, physically strong-looking six-foot guard who can shoot the ball from three-point range. Uh, they defeated a Clarkton team, which was led by a, a young point guard named Amari Gorman. Very quick guard, get it out of the net and go. He dropped some very impressive dimes on the move and can also get to the basket and score in traffic as well. He did an excellent job for the Clarkton reindeer. Very like that nickname as well. Donovan defeated Viola, Arkansas. Donovan scored a lot of points. They had a trio of kids who were a very good, a very good point guard named Corey Haygood, who's just a sophomore, very smooth demeanor about his game, handled the ball, could shoot the little jump shot over smaller defenders and kind of did kind of got where he wanted to go. I liked his poise and, and he played very and just a lot of savvy about him. They got a junior named Emmett Jones who scored 22 points. He's uh, played a lot last year, but playing a bigger role this year, really attacks the basket well. And Isaac Rawlings, a senior who scored 20 plus, and he can really shoot the ball. He hit some threes to kind of got them going early and kind of staked them out to a big lead. East Carter, another team, they defeated Twin Rivers. They had a 6'2 sophomore named uh, Bryce Stahl. Very impressed. He had the 18 points. He's a good athlete who was uh, playing with a high motor, going at full tilt boogie, attacking all over the basket. So Bernie defeated Winona. And uh, that was kind of wraps up all of the uh, action there at the Current River Challenge. As I said, a very good event. Guys do a great job of uh, doing uh, doing those kids in that southeast part of the state. The small schools, uh, a, a great service to our event. And I look forward to getting to another event like that in the near future. So that's a look at what we've seen so far around the state. But uh, a big event that's coming up that we're going to talk about here. It's one of the biggest in the state. It's called the Norm Stewart classic. It's one of the best events. It's three days, 28 games of continuous basketball. It's held at the Missouri Arena on the University of Missouri campus. And uh, uh, Brad Hayes puts on the event. And Norm Stewart, obviously the legendary coach at the University of Missouri, he's present. He's there watching games and shaking hands. So he's there. And of course, it's, it's all for the Norm Stewart Foundation and the cancer research and what Norm has done uh, for cancer research uh, uh, through the years has been remarkable. Of course, he's a cancer survivor himself, and uh, he's they've done a tremendous job. And this is a great event. If you want to buy tickets online, go to normstewart.org. As I said, uh, the games start on Thursday the 7th with eight games, and then there's Friday the 8th with 10 games, and then on Saturday the 9th, you got eight more games. You got small schools. You got boys teams, girls teams. Most of the teams were from Missouri. You got a few teams from out state, Kansas, or what have you. Like on Thursday, a couple of the games, we'll just pick out a few. 
uh, each uh, day. You got a double header to end the session, both Battle versus Park Hill Central. The girls and then the boys will play against each other. So that's back-to-back games as well. A big girls game, you want to see Fatima uh, taking on Owensville. That should be good. Father Tolton, which is an up-and-coming girls team, will take on Meadville, the Class 1 state champions. That's a battle of styles. Uh, Tolton, tall, athletic. Meadville, small but fast, shoots a lot of threes. On Friday, you have 10 games and a couple of the highlight games. Uh, a girls game will be a boys game, Jefferson City versus Pembroke Hill. These teams met in the Final Four last year for third place in the state tournament. You got Helias versus Lift for Life Girls, uh, two of the top teams in the state. Follow that, you have Columbia Hickman taking on Principia's boys as well. And then uh, you got Jefferson, like you said, you got Helias boys taking on Bishop Meade. So, Ten games there. Those are a few of the highlights. And then on Saturday, uh, close it up with a bang. You got Vashon versus Oak Park. Arguably the best team in St. Louis. Arguably the best team in Kansas City. Others will have something to say about that. But those are two of the top teams in those respective cities. Also, you got Viani taking on Springfield Central. That should be a good one. And North Kansas City taking on East St. Louis, all strong boys games. On the girls' side, Stratford versus Lyon County, Kentucky, Rock Bridge versus Park Hill South, a rematch of the Class 4 semi-quarterfinal game. Yeah, from last year, Class 6, excuse me. And then Chaminade versus Quincy, Illinois, will uh, wrap that tournament, uh, wrap that event up. I'll just say a great event. Get out and see it. It's at the Mizzou Arena. Brad Hayes, kudos to you for putting on a great event. And they'll have a few others. They got the Sophie Cunningham Classic in January in Columbia. You can get your tickets online at normsteward.org. Fantastic event. What we're going to do now is we're going to give you our college spotlight. And joining us will be Jordan Olafson. He's the head coach of Webster University Girls. He's a fantastic uh, uh, coach. Coaches year-round AAU and everything. So here's uh, Jordan Olafson. our talk with Jordan Olafson of Webster University. Back on the Earl Time Podcast, this is our college spotlight, and we're pleased to be joined by Jordan Olison. He's the women's coach at Webster University, one of the most successful college coaches in our state, and uh, the Gorlocks are off to a, another good season. Jordan, how are you, and how are things going here in Gorlockland so far? It's, uh, things are good, man. We appreciate you, you coming by, and um, you know we're excited about the group that we've had. We've had them together for a few years, and uh, we've got players that have been here for three, four, and five years, so we're excited with what we're able to build and see what we can kind of do this year. I know you've been here 16 years. You've had a lot of success. Uh, talk about establishing the, the kind of culture that you wanted here at Webster and how you've been able to sustain it for you know almost 20 years now. Yeah, I think I think we've kind of started it with with hard work, man. I think it starts with the coaches. Uh, I think it, we've been able to have great assistant coaches every year, um, so I've, I lean on them a ton. We've been able to get really good players from St. Louis and outside of St. Louis. So I think kind of our our foundation. We kind of talk about laying concrete on top of concrete, and from recruiting classes at our our depth, probably the last six or seven years has kind of been a big part of why we've we've kind of excelled a little bit more. So um, you know, our, our kids ten years ago be like, man, why aren't we? playing that way 10 years ago and you know we just didn't have the depth you know we could do it for eight or nine minutes and then we'd have to stop so um pretty excited about what we're able to do with the recruitment side um but i mean we've been able to get kids to buy in and and kind of put us put us to a new level you touched on something I like, the, the style of play. You know, watching our slew men's team, we play against teams like VCU and Cincinnati in the past, and they come at you. UAB come at you 94 feet constantly, and it just wears on you. And you've been able to do that very successfully. And you talked about the depth. What makes that style of play so successful, and how are you able to continue to do it? Yeah, I, I tell our, our kids that uh, it's 100%. If you go 99.9%, it's not good enough. Uh, so I think our kids make this decision. It's, it's during the recruitment process we talk about it's, it's hard. It's hard to want to defend. Um, we, we notice in recruitment there's a lot of kids that like, oh, yeah, defense, okay, I, what about offense? Uh, we want to be able to have those nights where we're not making shots that our defense can lead to, to offensive stuff. So I think it's our effort. It's our will to defend and guard the basketball and want to keep our hips in front of people. And I think our players have just bought into it. So it's, it's a great style where, you know, you can have an off night but still be successful. And everybody can impact the game. And it doesn't matter if you score 20 or if you get – Five charges. I think it's just everybody's uh, energy just is so contagious. And, you know, our, our kids have done a great job with it. I always chuckle because I got coaches always 
chuckle at kids. They say, yeah, when we recruit no more, we talk to them, coach, we want to play fast. We want to play up-tempo. And it's like, then you really get into it. And do, kid, do you really want to play up-tempo? Do you find yourself for that? Do, do you really want to play fast? We, uh, we, you know, we, we, once we start getting into like our conditioning or our transition stuff, like, man, we're running all the time. Well, if you're going to play fast, you got to get in shape, right? Uh, so we're, so it's one of those things where we find out real quick who wants to do it and who can do it. So, uh, yeah, during the recruitment process, everybody says they want to play fast until you got to start doing the work that leads up to it. You mentioned the veteran team. Tell us about some of the players you've been leaning on in the past couple of years and this year. Yeah, I mean, you know, Julie Bodendistel has been with us, a kid from Lindbergh who's, you know, a 1,000-point scorer. She's coming for her, her COVID fifth year and uh, has been a player of the year in our league, been all-conference, um, pretty dominant from inside-outside. Bethany Lancaster has just kind of been a monster where she's a tough matchup. She's so athletic. She can she can score in the post. She can score from the high, high post. She can drive and get to the rim. She rebounds like crazy. She's just like... I mean, she's just so versatile. Jordan Grimes, um, you know, from the point guard standpoint, has been so good defensively, but then able to get to the to paint. Kate Rolfus, uh, obviously the local kid, has been able to knock down a ton of shots. Um, you know, we've we've got Claire Williams, our one of our left-handed shooters, kind of runs point. Um, Nisa Gilchrist is just she was all defense last year. Um, I think she's a candidate to be defensive player of the year. And Emily Wilson is. Man, she's a monster. She can go inside, outside. She's shot 60% last year from the floor. So, you know, we've got a lot of firepower. And we got a lot of players that um, maybe, you know, this, the stat book don't show a lot. But, you know, Jenna and Mari, um, they do so much for us. And then our young group, we got a really good freshman group coming in with Megan Illingsworth from uh, Francis Howe that is making big impa- impacts, Jayla Dixon. So we're excited that we've got young and new kids playing and returners. So it's a good mix. So, you know, we don't ever want to have to, like, fall off the next year but it's a, it's a good group, good mixture what we got going on. A couple of seasons ago, you kind of had the coach's dream. Not only you won the conference championship, you got to the NCAA tournament, but you went undefeated during the regular season. And we all know how hard that is in any level of college basketball, going on the road in conference play. Uh, how are you able to do that? <laughs> You know, I, I think it's a testament to our kids. Uh, I think some of it coming off that COVID year where we were kind of shortchanged on a year or our kids really understood that they didn't want to take advantage of of a season where if you, you, you get too confident, um, I think our kids did a really good job with that. And I... We do a really good job where, you know, winning is great, but there's always more to improve on. Uh, and I think that's part of it is like there was always things in every game that we were like, we got to get better here. We got to get better. And our kids stayed focused. I mean, it's a testament to our kids and the message and they bought into it. And, and we didn't talk about it. Um, obviously, everybody's trying to come at us when you get to that point. And I think in our league, you know, we, we feel that, too. So it's something we've been built up to at that point. But at the same time, it was, it was a testament to our, our upperclassmen and our, and our new kids that just kind of enjoyed the ride, but yet stayed hungry and not complacent. So much happening in college sports uh, with the changes. Like you say, we've talked about the portal and how rampant it is. Uh, NIL, especially at the Division One level, the COVID year people. How is that? kind of trickle or affected you at the division three level all of the things that have been happening and how have you had to adjust if at all yeah i mean we're we're in the portal every day uh, sometimes i say i'm in their breakfast lunch and dinner we're always trying to see who's in there so we've been fortunate to be able to get some kids out of the portal uh it's been really impactful for us um you know I, I think from a recruitment standpoint it's almost easier to recruit out of the portal because sometimes high school kids take eight to 16 months to make a decision where a, a kid in the, we get out of the portal might make a decision in two weeks. Um, so that does help the timeline. Um, but I mean, it, it, it affects us with, you know, who we, who we get, or, you know, sometimes we know like, man, there's probably a low chance we're going to get this, this student athlete, but maybe in a year they're, they're going to want to look to go somewhere else. So, you know, we're, we're never, you know, negative about when someone doesn't decide to come here. But I do think that the portal has, has changed some things, um, kind of give some kids some outs or, you know, try to find your right fit. And sometimes if their fit's not right, maybe it's here, maybe it's somewhere else. But it's definitely impacted our recruiting and how we do things. Talk about the level of uh, Division Three basketball. Uh, we've talked a lot about over the years Division Two basketball and how we see them. They can beat Division One programs, but you don't hear a lot about Division Three. And you know, there's some great basketball being played at that level as well, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think D three is really good. I mean, obviously there are there are some of the the blue bloods. There there are some that are 
the mid-major, just like D3 or D1, I, I do think D3's got really good basketball. I think there's really good coaches in, in, in D3. I think they're really good players. I mean, there's kids that, you know, that, that turn down D1s to play D3. I think there are, you know, we've been fortunate to, to beat some, uh, uh, you know, bigger schools. Uh, so to us, it's not about the level. It's about kind of, you know, the coaching, the style, you're fit, are you happy? Um, so I, I don't know. I think there's a lot of quality. Obviously, I think there's there's some elite D, D3 schools. Um but I mean, I can't say enough about it except for we just get a bad rap and then, you know, give D threes a chance, man. Because I I do think that it's it's quality basketball. When you you've been so successful, are you able when you're out on the recruiting trail and you see some young ladies who are very talented? Yeah, she looks like a Division two, II, Division one player. Are those players depending on the fit that you can go out and recruit? I know in the men's game, a lot of times they, they you know kids make up their mind. But are you able to go uh, grab those type of players and recruit successfully? Yeah, I mean, listen, I mean, we we want, you know, if Nafisa Collier would come to Webster, we would have took her, right? So I, I think that that's part of it. Like, we want the best. And, you know, obviously you're trying to find your fit and, and, and whatnot. But I do think when we see kids that are either got offers or visits or, hey, that kid's a really good kid, we want that kid. Uh, so I think that we've, we've had success with that. Some of these kids that are, I feel, that are D1 or D2 going to the radar, we kind of we went able to get them. But at the same time, I do, we you know, we – we we get in the mix with them. We don't let them know what this is about, and and sometimes we don't get them. Sometimes they bounce back. Sometimes they come to us right away. But I we're we're definitely uh, competitive when it comes down to that in the recruitment. One thing I like you're active on social media on Twitter, talking and, and coaching. So it's back talking to kids and prospects, telling them things, what they need to do, what they can't do, how important it is to show recruiters. How important is that to you to kind of uh, kind of teach kids as far as the recruiting process and and as players too to improve them as well. Yeah, I think I think you know as coaches we're educators, and and sometimes you know uh, high school kids or, or younger kids don't know what they're supposed to do, or they're being led the wrong way. So I think sometimes it's like we get players here, and you can kind of tell that their their culture, where they came from, their practice habits, uh, all those things matter, you know. And, and sometimes it's verbiage, you know, it's language and practice. Or I, I, the biggest thing is like it's so intense and competitive that the effort has to be more than it's ever been. And, you know, the great thing about college, no matter where you're at in high school, you're most of the time you're your high school's best player. You get here and you look around, you're like, man, I may not be the top five. Uh, so you got to, it's kind of a sink or swim mentality where I think our, our, you know, high school kids have to realize that, you know, there's no entitlement in college. It's, it's hard. You got to work, but it's rewarding at the same time. So. Speaking of work, I don't know if there's a harder working person in college basketball. Not only are you coaching college, but you spend your whole summer coaching uh, the girls at Nafisa Collier Elite, one of the premier uh, uh, grassroots programs. Uh, uh, how do you make that balance of, uh, you know, just it's basically a year round deal for you. And like you say, you go at it 100 percent. Yeah, I'm, I'm a non-complacent person. I, I, I tell our kid, like, whatever, if we ask our kids to do something, I'll, I, we want to do the same thing. I'm a hoop junkie, man. I, I love it. I want to be around the game. I think there's just so much teaching and education that you can help uh, players of all levels with. And that's what we want, man. I, I want what's best for all of our players, um, no matter what it is. And I, I just want to help kids get better and grow and develop. So that's really what it is for me. I do. It's funny because I see you, you're coaching your team, one or two teams, and then you got to put, that's your coaching hat, but then you got to grab your program and you put on your coaching evaluation hat. So you're in the gym pretty much the whole day, aren't you? Evaluating kids or coaching them. All day, man. It's, it's a, uh... It's a it's a fifteen hour day or whatever it is, but I love it, man. You you gotta love recruiting. You gotta love all that side of it, and you know being able to watch different teams and styles, and and not just from the recruitment standpoint. It's like, oh man, this is a really good action or, or something. So you're 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 trying to learn too at the same time. And um, but no, I the summers are great. It's it's one of my favorite times. Obviously, we we love the season, but you know being able to to kind of juggle both, it's it keeps you on your toes for sure. And obviously, from a family standpoint, you get an opportunity to coach your daughter, Peyton. All of a sudden, she's a very talented player for Incarnate Word Academy. And how exciting is it to finally see her up at that high school level, getting an opportunity to play for one of the top programs in the country? You know, it's it's fun. I, I, I She's growing up too fast, so I always kind of tell her, go backwards. Um, but it's it's fun to see her develop and and uh, and obviously be able to coach her and and we're we're super happy for her and it's you know it's 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 a dad's dream to watch your kid play and hopefully play at the highest level whatever that is but you know it's it's a joy and and an absolute pleasure for me to be able to coach her and watch her kind of do her thing
a couple of years ago, you got a chance to not only coach an undefeated college team, but then you coached your summer team to a national championship and played on national TV on ESPN. That had to be uh, gratifying not only for you, yourself, your program, but for St. Louis women's basketball as well. You know, I think it was something that uh, I think there's a ton of talent in St. Louis. Obviously, we were, we're able to have players here at Webster, uh, but I do think there's a ton of talent that can play at the highest levels. And it, the experience was great. Uh, I think they did a great job. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate and blessed to be able to do some of the things that I do. And I don't take any of those for granted. So. Well, Jordan, once again, uh, congratulations on all the success. I know you're going to have another great season. And thank you very much for spending a little time with me today. Earl, I appreciate this and your support. And, man, I, I love everything you do for St. Louis Hoops. That's Jordan Olison of Webster University, the women's program. If you got a free night, come on out and watch. It's a very exciting style of basketball. You won't be disappointed. Jordan, thank you very much. And uh, continued success with the, the Gorlocks as you uh, go to possibly another SLEAC championship and hopefully an NCAA Division III tournament berth. Doing a great job. Great program. A couple more things while we continue our college spotlight. We want to recognize a few uh, top athletes who are doing an excellent job in the state schools. One is Brooke Luttrell. She plays for the University of Central Missouri. She's a 6'2 guard forward, and she was a star player at Green City High School, where she scored 3,000 points in their uh, career. You know, she's a Division II All-American at Central Missouri, and she was the MIAA Women's Athlete of the Week. And last in a week, she averaged 30 points and 10 rebounds and a couple of victories in a tournament in Florida. Brooke Luttrell has been a tremendous player for Central Missouri. Another uh, outstanding player who's Player of the Week honors is Keon Batchman out of Missouri Baptist. He played at Chaminade High School College Prep for Frank Bennett. Fantastic player. He was the American Midwest Conference Player of the Week. He's done it twice so far already this season. A couple of young athletes from the state who are outside the area. As a, as the Slew Billikens color commentator, I've got a chance to see these two up close and personal. The first is uh, Cameron Manyao out of Staley High School. He plays for Wyoming University, and he's doing an excellent job already for the Cowboys. He's averaging about 11 points and close to 10 rebounds a game. We played them in the South Carolina last week in the Myrtle Beach Classic, and, and he had 15 points and 12 rebounds against the Billikens, and that was with foul trouble. He sat out a lot of the first half. He's 6'9", just a freshman, very bright future as well. One of his teammates is Cale Combs out of Nixa, another top player out of the class of 2023. Also, a young man we just played, a Brandon Mitchell Day out of MICDS, who's a sophomore. He's at Dartmouth, and he's growing into one of the better players in the Ivy League. He's already averaging 12 points a game, four rebounds, had an outstanding game against Lou, 17 points and 10 rebounds in his homecoming back to St. Louis. Uh, excellent young player as well. Led them to a district championship, back-to-back district championships uh, a couple of years ago. And finally, a young lady from Webster Groves High School named K.K. Rodriguez. She plays for SIU Edwardsville. She's the two-time Ohio Valley Conference Player of the Week. She's had two games where she has scored 33 points and in one game she also had 13 rebounds she's a 5-5-5-6 guard so that's outstanding work by KK Rodriguez as well so that's a look at our collegiate spotlight as well continued success we'll continue to have that throughout the season in addition to our high school coverage as well before we close things up here on the Earl Time podcast I want to acknowledge uh, the passing of a, a great man and I think everybody you would know him in the basketball community. His name is Mark Mayers, who uh, tragically passed away last week. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, chances are, that means you're a basketball fan, so chances are you've probably played, coached, definitely worked or attended a Big Mark tournament. Big Mark Mayers, he's put on tournaments for years and years, whether it's in St. Louis, Cape Girardeau, Paducah, Kentucky, Denver, all over the country. He's been putting on tournaments for kids of all ages from grade school all the way up to high school. And he's done a great job. He did a great job of providing uh, kids who needed kids with opportunities. Uh, he had those legendary backpack giveaways. He took pride in those. So he's just a selfless individual who would do anything for everybody. So 
Our hearts ache for Loretta and the family. Uh, we're praying for you, and we just want to say we're going to miss you, Big Mark. Just a big loss to the basketball community. It's a fantastic individual. We're going to hold it down for you, big fella. So that wraps up another edition of the Earl Time Podcast. Of course, you get a chance, listen to the other three, and uh, we look forward to another one. We're going to be covering a lot of big tournaments next week. Of course, the first week post-Thanksgiving. And of course, we're going to have a lot of fun as well. And of course, check out Prep Hoops and Prep Hoops Missouri and that Earl Time 30 coupon code. We'll see you next week on the Earl Time Podcast. See ya.